0: Do you understand those of you that are facing a completely uh, unbelievably impossible situation? Do you understand that God almighty himself has positioned himself before you? And he has pummeled things in front of you that you don't even know you would have had to face unless he went before you. It's not a trite Christian. He's saying it's a principle that we can count on as a good father leads his children. It's a principle. You who are facing financial ruin, it is a principle that when you go out and do whatever, the Lord goes before. This is not the only time in scripture that God talks about this. He went before them and they didn't even
1: know what he was doing
2: it's time now for the autumn miles show Let's
0: go. hey hey guys it's your girl autumn miles i could not wait to get in the studio today you guys i could not wait I cannot wait to share with you what I got. Okay. It's Deborah part three. It's woman part five. (laughs) Remember that series that we started five weeks ago? Yeah, I do. We went to Esther. We went to Rahab. We went to Deborah one, and I couldn't get enough. So we went to Deborah part two, and I couldn't get enough. Well, guess what? Today is Deborah part three, and it will be the revelation of the entire women's series. This was a good one. This was good. I told my husband last week if you did not hear the message on Iron Chariots, you gotta go listen. I told him, I think that's one, Deborah Part Two. I think that is one of my favorite messages I've done in a while, probably a year. Probably. I don't know. I like them all, Uh, but I really, I was super vibing with that thing. We are going to talk about more Iron Chariots after the break. Um, You're not going to want to miss it. This whole story is fascinating to your Bible nerd host over here. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. So glad you're with us today. What is happening in my life? Well, school's out. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Should we all just say a prayer? Thank you Jesus and congratulations to each one of you out there that went through the trials and tribulations to bring you to this point. You have successfully concluded another school year of your child's learning. I mean, I hope our schools out. I hope your schools out. <laughs> All of the snacks. I make my babies every morning. I don't do it for the older kids because they're old and they can do it for themselves. Um, but I make them. I clean out their backpacks every morning, every single morning. Clean everything out. All the papers, all the little, you know, things that they do. Like I'll, I'll pick up a paper and I'm like, what is that? And they're like, mom, it's like, it's a bear. Don't you see that? Yeah, I definitely that of course i do i make them clean their water bottles every morning put fresh water in there every morning give them a snack put it pack up the little backpacks send them on their way wipe their little faces off whole thing every morning and you know what it's come to an end i just want to say this year was a big year i think for our family for my children they're very transitional grace is going to be a scene i guess what, she already is considered a senior what in the world jude will be or is now a sophomore <sighs> and you guys my babies are going into the third grade which means they go to a totally different school and Haven loves that. Moses is devastated. <laughs> he told me the other day. He was like, I just cried when they told us that we had to move on for to a different school. Anyway, I just want to say congratulations. And and you know what? I'm saying congratulations to my own self too, because school is like no joke, especially when you have four and all of the things and they nickel and dime you. I need five dollars for the buck fair. I need ten dollars for blah, blah, blah. I need it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you kids. But it's over. We did it. Thank God. Now let's rest. Let's take this summer <laughs> to enjoy our kids and to rest. I used to be like um, worried about the summer because you know I work and I'm like, what am I gonna do? Like this summer with the kids and whatever. And now I am gonna to- I think the longer I live, the I'm so much more different when it comes to summertime now i'm like i can't wait to do all the things with you and get ice cream at nine o'clock at night and you know all this stuff i i just love the summer with my kids so from me to you we did it congratulations you made it god bless you you're a great mom or dad or aunt or grandma whoever you are or grandpa you did it i'm so proud of you now rest take some time and enjoy those kids this summer because your girl's gonna be enjoying her kids this summer um okay that's what's happening in my life a little short intro today i want to get to the text it's gonna be good and i will see you guys right after the break so we can dig into this
3: every day a new day yeah vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day yeah
1: Let's go. X-Y-Z-A. yeah.
3: Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Every day... A new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's
1: go. X-Y-Z-A, yeah.
0: Okay, guys, we are back. <sighs> Deborah, part three, here we go. I'm going to start off with a bang, and I'm going to give off my main point immediately. Deborah, part three, God hides his allies behind enemy lines. Oh, that is so good. God hides from you and from them, his allies behind enemy lines. This whole message is going to fire you up today if you're facing a trial that you just is impossible it's just impossible if you're facing a health something that's just impossible you've done all the things you've taken all the medicine you've done all the things this is going to encourage you so much if you're in like a family situation and you're like everybody is and that's exactly how it feels everyone is against you if you are in a work situation where you are like up against an impossible situation, I want to remind you, don't count God depositing one of his allies behind those enemy lines. If it's a health crisis, ask God to reveal his allies on the other side of whoever is telling you that you can't get well. If it is a family crisis and you feel like everyone is coming up against you, ask God to illuminate to you an ally which you don't even know exists behind that relational barrier between you and between your family. If it's a financial crisis, God, where's the ally? Where are you gonna come through? When God gave me this point, it like shot, I mean, goosebumps because so many times in my life, Eddie and I have been up against an impossibility. It was not possible. It was not possible for the thing that we were were believing for, looking at, standing on God's word for, it was not possible for that thing to happen and then someone from behind what we thought was enemy lines actually was working for us and we didn't even know. My parents, guys, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, my parents, my dad had a lot of health, a lot of health problems and he had health problems I mean for for years. He still He still struggles. <laughs> But, I mean, for years and years, you know, every phone call that I got from my parents, I would ask them. uh, The first thing I would ask, especially if it was at a weird time, like early in the morning, late at night, you know, whatever, would be this. I'd pick up the phone and I'd be like, is dad okay? He struggled for so many years with his heart. He had all sorts of heart procedures. I mean, I think, you know, maybe 15 heart procedures, maybe even more. I don't know. I'm just kind of guessing off the top of my head and in the this is why i want to focus i want i want to speak to those with the with the health thing today and in the whole that season of him really struggling with his health he accrued lots of hospital bills like a lot a ton of hospital bills and eddie and i i remember us talking to him and this has been years and years ago but Eddie and I remember talking to them and, you know, they, we were talking about like, you know, what are we going to do? You know, whatever with, how can we help? What can we do? Um, and I just remember God giving me just a sort of peace about it. Um, they had all these hospital bills. Obviously the hospital wants their money for their bills. And we understand that. Okay. You, you go in for a medical service you in return, you pay. Okay. But it was almost impossible. It was almost because he'd had open heart surgery. I mean these this is not twenty nine ninety nine folks. This is like legit big dollar bill procedures. It was almost too much, and you know they they had talked about so many different things that they could potentially do in order to pay down this hospital debt that they had. And you guys, I will never forget. one day, the hospital called them. And they had been, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but the hospital, which, you know, or I guess the the debt collection department of the hospital, whatever that is, the accounting, accounting side, called them and they said, we're just calling to let you know that you've been chosen for a grant or for something and you no longer owe us any money. <laughs> It was one of these, I don't remember if it was a grant, it was something, something came through and wiped out all of their debt. It was like a supernatural thing. And they called me and it was, it's almost like too, too hard to believe, like, is this for real? But God, behind what looked like the debt of the enemy lines had placed somebody in a position of authority somewhere that looked at my parents account and said we're going to take care of this one there was an ally behind enemy lines and they didn't even know it was happening when you look at your impossible situation no matter what it is know this god sees how impossible it is he sees how without him coming through you will not be able to penetrate that wall of impossibility. So he puts an ally right behind that impossibility and raises them up at the proper time, in due time, in order to meet your need with his deliverance. This is so good. Who <laughs> needs to hear this? This is so, 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 so good. I have so many stories like this. I'm trying to, I'm going through the file cabinet in my head of what ones I can share. Let me get to the text. Judges 4 says this. Now, if you did not listen to last week, you have, have to go listen to last week. This week will make a lot of sense when you listen to last week, okay? Last week, we talked all about the iron chariots. Now, the iron chariots... Out of Judges 4, are what the nation of Israel was scared of. Therefore, the iron chariots of Canaan, or the king of Canaan, whose name was Jabin, the iron chariots intimidated the nation of Israel so much that they would not fight against the Canaanites because no one could defeat the iron chariots and i asked you last week what is your iron chariot you gotta go listen to it you gotta go hear it again one of my favorite shows i have done in a while it just administered deeply to me and i think those that i really resonate with i'm like obsessed with forever okay so here we are we're talking about deborah deborah part three we're talking about barack Deborah's called the bee. That's what her name means. Barack is called Thunderbolt. That's what his name means. I told you last week. I really think that this is a picture of Deborah would represent God and Barack would represent us and he uh, Barack needed to lean on Deborah, therefore Deborah went out with him into battle. That's what we're gonna pick it up today. We're gonna pick it up. With a couple little very important tidbits before they actually go to battle. Remember this as I read this text. God hides his allies behind enemy lines. He hides them there. He doesn't even tell you they're there. Because if you knew you'd want to call them on the phone, send him a text, send him an email, send him a little slack, send him an IG message. No. Because if you know they're there, he doesn't get the glory. But if you don't know they're there, he gets 100% of the glory. Because, listen, you cannot do on your best day what God can do on his worst. So here we go. Barack and Deborah, they're just chilling, going out to defeat the Canaanites, because Deborah has gotten a word from the Lord that it is time to go face them and God will deliver them into Israel's hands. They have been held captive for 20 years. Listen to this. So they're, trot, 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 they're out. Judges 4 verses 11 says this. Now Heber, this is fascinating. The Kenite had separated himself from the Kenites. Who is Heber and who cares? Well, it's about to get real. From the sons of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses. And had pitched his tent as far away as the oak. And oh my goodness. Zananim, I think my Bible's really marked up, which is near Kadesh. Let me read that again. It's important to get every single point from this verse. Now Heber, the Kenite had separated himself from the Kenites, from the sons of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, and had pitched his tent as far away as the oak in Zananim, which is near Kadesh. Okay, who is this guy and why do we care? Heber, his name means ally you got to just rock with me on this okay you're going to learn something heber's name means ally kenite he was a kenite heber the kenite is basically a group of people that were known for what metalwork okay oh the bible is so good <laughs> so here's heber the kenite whose whose clan of people was known for metalwork, which probably if they were known for metal work they knew how to make iron chariots listen he used to be allied according to this verse with moses and with israel He had separated himself from the Kenites, from the sons of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses. So previously, he had been allied with Israel. Something happened. We don't know what it was. But Heber, the Kenite, or Heber, the metal-working dude, had an altercation with Israel. And so... Heber the Kenite separated himself from the Kenites and, verse 11, had pitched his tent as far away as the oak in Zananim, which is near Kadesh. What does this mean? Something happened? Don't know. But a previous ally all of a sudden became an enemy. Israel to Heber was the enemy. He allied himself with Jabin, the king of Canaan. And from my study, and you can study this for yourself, you do not take my word for it. Go study it for yourself. As a matter of fact, I would love for you to do that. Go study this for yourself. Heber allied himself with the king of Canaan and because of his specialty in working with metal was probably one who helped assemble the iron chariots that had oppressed Israel for 20 years. Boom. <laughs> Here we have this guy. He used to be friends with Israel. Something happened. He moved his tent completely away. It says he moved his tent from the south to the north. Now, if he moved his tent to the north, it would be closer to Kadesh, which would be close to where Jabin, the Canaanite king, lived. So Jabin and the Canaanite king were buddies. Okay, Uh, I'm sorry, not Jabin. Heber and Jabin, the Canaanite king, were buddies. This is important because remember what I said? Canaan was the enemy. Israel was going out to destroy Canaan because of these chariots that had oppressed them. And here we have this guy, Heber, who used to be allied with Israel, but decided he was going to fight for the enemy. Let me read on. This is important. God hides allies behind enemy lines. Then they told who Sis- who is the commander of Jabin's army, the Canaanite army, that Barak, so here's this Hebrew guy. He's like, I got to tell you something. Obviously he was on a, you know, he had a friendship with Sisera and Jabin because he was able to speak to them personally. And these dudes, like, you know, they'll lop your head off if you just look at them weird. So this Hebrew guy was influential because he had Sisera and Jabin's ears, okay? And they were the two most important people in Canaan. He told Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinôam had gone up to Mount Tabor. Sisera so called together all his chariots. So here Heber is like, guess what, guess what, Israel's coming after you. Heber, the guy who made the chariots, is telling Canaan, Israel's coming after you. So because of that, Sisera so gets all of his chariots together—nine hundred iron chariots—and all the people who were with him came to the river Kishon. Deborah and Barak said to Barak. Verse 14, arise for this day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. This is the day that the Lord has given Sisera in her hand. Behold, the Lord has gone before you. He's gone before you. You don't see where God has gone before you. This is not some trite little saying that is like, you know, Christian easy. Well, the Lord goes before and behind and around. No, the Lord paves the way for your victory in ways that sometimes he never even tells you because it's none of your business yet deborah says the lord has gone before you do you understand those of you that are facing a completely uh, unbelievably impossible situation do you understand that god almighty himself has positioned himself before you and he has pummeled things in front of you that you don't even know you would have had to face unless he went before you. It's not a trite Christian. He's saying it's a principle that we can count on as a good father leads his children. It's a principle. You who are facing financial ruin, it is a principle that when you go out and do whatever, the Lord goes before. This is not the only time in scripture that God talks about this. He went before them, and they didn't even
1: know
0: what he was doing. So Barak went down, verse 14, from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. The Lord rooted, like they just had to face him. The Lord rooted or confused Sisera and all his chariots in his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera aligned uh, from his chariot and fled away soon. My Bible's really marked up, guys. I'm sorry. But let me tell you this. It basically means he got down. But Barak, verse 16, pursued the chariots and the army as far as... Hago Yem, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not even one was left. All the army of Sisera fell by the sword. Not even one was left. Now this is where I really want to pick up Heber, the Kenite, the metalworking guy, because God hides his allies behind enemy lines. Here Hebar had gone to Sisera and Jabin and said, guess what, Israel's coming after you because he was aligned with Canaan. But someone else in his family was not on the same page as her husband. Now Sisera fled away on foot, done. No more chariots, they're done. The army is rooted, they are destroyed. Not even one was left. But Sisera was left, the commander of the army. Fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, looky there, 17, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazar, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. Now, I want to make several points here because this is fascinating to me. We have a husband and wife. One of them is has basically betrayed Israel and is now like a spy really for for the Canaanites and telling the Canaanites what Israel is doing, the husband is. The wife's name is Jael. The wife and the husband, they aren't on the same page in this issue. (laughs) I mean, for real, for real, they're not on the same page. Heber had moved his family from the south to the north, closer to the Canaanites. Lord, help me tell them the way you told me. So here we have Heber's tent close to the Canaanite army. So Sarah gets off on foot, the commander of the army. He starts running and he's looking for an ally. He's looking for a place where he can hang out or be hidden or, you know, some friendly face because He has just been destroyed in battle. And he knows that if Barak finds him, he is going to do to him what he just did to the entire army. He's looking, 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 running. It says he, um, Sisera, fled away on foot, verse 17, to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Canaanite, for there was peace between Jabin the king and the house of Heber the Canaanite. There's a friendly place. I'll move in there. Let me tell you something. If Heber had not moved his tent north and had kept it south with the Israelites, this opportunity for JL would not have happened. Remember when I talked to Esther and I really felt like the Lord wanted me to drive this point home a lot more today. When I talked about Esther, Women Part One, it's the first one in the series that we're currently still in. I told you, God moves things around for his purpose. God moves people around for his purpose. God moves things out of the way for his purpose. God moves things into view for his purpose and and for his people. Whatever it is that you're facing, and you see that there is an obstacle, whether it's a person standing in your way, a place standing in your way, God will literally move Groups of people for his plan. They think they're moving for whatever reason it is that they've drummed up in their head that they're moving for, but they're actually not moving themselves. God is moving them because God saw the heart of Jael, Heber's wife, and he knew that she was his girl and she was gonna be the one that literally claimed victory for the nation of Israel. Heber moved the family And God allowed him to do that so JL could have this opportunity that I'm ready to read read to you. God moves things and people and groups of people into position, out of position. He moves them around for his plan. We get so frustrated, well, there's enemies in my promised land. You know what? God will move them out of the way in his time. He will pave a way. He will make a river in the desert. He will make a highway right through the Red Sea. He moves things away for himself. I know a lot of times we think it's for us because it affects us personally, but there is a bigger plan at stake than just us. Your life is on a timeline of God's kingdom. What happens to you affects the kingdom. So while there is a personal relationship that you have in your, uh, with you and the Lord, there is a greater purpose at risk than you. And you are so important that moving your family from the south to the north will position your family in a place where God can use you for deliverance. This affected JL in the short term, but it affected a nation in the long term. God moves things, he moves people, it is not impossible, there is a way, he is the way maker, he is the miracle worker, that is what he does. Barak knew none of this. Probably years ahead of time, Jael's heart was with Israel and Heber's heart was with Canaan. Years ahead of time because they had to move their whole tent from the, uh, from the south to the north. This was in motion and Barak had no idea that it was even happening. God places allies behind enemy lines so he can get the glory when the impossible that we face becomes possible because of him. JL, verse 18, went out to meet Sisera. He's like, wow, okay, we're going to go in here. We're going to go to this tent. I know these people. These are my homies. They're in my small group. I got them. We're on seven group texts. Our kids play baseball together. You know, we're on the cheer team together. These are my homies. Okay, I'm good here. What he thought was safe, God knew was going to lead to his demise. JL went out to meet Sisera. Hello. (laughs) she is a gangster (laughs) she went out to meet sisera and said to him turn aside my master turn aside to me don't be afraid that's kind of eerie actually and he turned aside to her into her tent you know the tent that was moved from the south to the north and she covered him with a rug listen now in in this time Men don't go in women's tents because if someone saw it, they would be, like, dead or, like, something like that. Like, something bad would happen, okay? So this is already a good hiding spot for Sisera because ain't no one going to come looking for him in her tent because it would just be inappropriate for that time. Verse 19, he said to her after she hit him with a rug, Sounds a lot like my girl Rahab with the flax and the spies on the roof, but, you know, whatever. He said to her, please give me a little water to drink for I'm thirsty. So she opened up a bottle of milk. I'll do you one better there, Sarah. I'll give you some milk. You don't want water. You want milk. (laughs) And gave him a drink. And then she covered him. Here, take this. Now this is where it gets a little yikes. Okay, so just, you know. Prepare your little heart, he said to her. Stand in the doorway of the tent. And it shall be if anyone comes and inquires of you and says, is there anyone here that you should say no? It's a lot like Rahab, y'all. It's a lot like Rahab. Verse 21. But j l <laughs> But Jael, Heber's wife is like, I don't think we're going to do that there, cupcake. Took a tent peg seized a hammer in her hand and went secretly to him and drove a peg into his temple and it went through the ground for he was sound asleep and exhausted so he died period (laughs) sit in that for a moment sit in what i just taught you for a moment just sit in it for like 2.5 seconds Look at everything that had to happen. Heber had to become BFs with um, Jabin and Cicera. He had to become an ally with them. He had to probably, and my study doesn't say it in the text, but there, there are lots of other recorded historical documents that would support him being influential in making the Iron Chariots which was probably why he was chummy-chummy with Jabin and Cicera. Um, he had to move his whole family from the south to the north. God knew years later that's exactly where Sisera would think he would find refuge. So he goes in. No doubt Jael, Heber's wife, never told him that she was not on the same page as this whole alliance that he had with the Canaanites because she was aligned with Israel. And because of her astute, quick-witted thinking, she said, come here, let me give you some milk. Let me hide you. And took a tent t- t- back and killed him. And instantly... Instantly, Canaan was defeated. Was she expected? No. Was she planned for? Not by man. Was she part of some strategy that Barak had put together? No. But God placed her behind enemy lines so that she could be an instrument for him in order to accomplish the impossible on behalf of Deborah and Barak and Israel. God puts allies behind enemy lines. He moves things around to make things happen. The next point would be this. He will use anything you have. A tent peg? Are you kidding me? What even is that? I mean, I I, know, I guess I know what it is in a little tent. But like, first of all, weren't the tent pegs holding up the tent? Like, what did she do? Take one out? Probably take one out of the ground. She have like five. Did she go to Walmart and have like five laying around? Probably not. I don't know. But it was what she had. She didn't have like, a, uh, what did they use back then? She didn't have a a spear or a javelin or a bow and arrow. She had a tent peg. And that's what she used. You don't need what you don't have. If God has said, I'm going to come through, he will use exactly what you have. A lot of times we check ourselves out of opportunities and situations and whatever, because we think I don't have an education. I don't have money. I don't have the right whatever. I don't have the grades. I don't have you know, the experience. I don't have the looks. I don't have the personality. God uses what you are and what you have. Do you got a tent peg? Do you got a, a broom laying around? You got some Cheerios? You know, do you, do you have, a I don't know, a pen, a pencil? What do you have? That's what God uses. Focus on what you have and he will put supernatural power behind what you have and stop, for heaven's sakes, belly aching about what you don't. He used a tent peg to deliver the whole nation of Israel from 20 years of oppression. He used a pebble to take down Goliath. What do you have? That is what he uses. I have been not qualified for every single position God has put me in. And I tell, we talk, God and I talk about this all the time. I'm just not qualified. When I took a a daily radio show in DFW, the seventh largest market in the world. Dude, y'all don't even know the conversations that me and God had. I was like, you know, I can't do this. And God's like, but what do you have? Do you got a mouth? Can you study? Do you got a brain? Yes, I got all those things. Use that. But God, I didn't go to school for communication. I didn't go to school for this. I didn't go. I got my degree as, to be in the travel industry, guys. That's how way off I was and how ridiculous. But what do you have, Autumn? Are you willing? Do you have willingness? Do you trust me? Well, yeah, I've got those. Then that's what, that's what I'm going to use. So unqualified. When we started doing conferences, we did 25 conferences. Had I ever done a conference? No. And I told the Lord, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> no idea what I'm doing, God. No. Really, this is what you want? Yep. But I don't know anyone. I just got kicked out of a church. I, I don't know anyone. What, what do I, I don't know. How do I, do a pastor doesn't even want to talk to me? Stop focusing on what you don't have. And focus on what you do. God said, I'm not focused on what you don't have. I'm focused on what you do have. You know what? Jail did not have a weapon. <laughs> do you know what she did have? A tent peg. He will put supernatural favor over what you do have. And the enemy will get us focused on what we don't to keep us from focusing on what he can do with what we have. We need to move past this mindset, I think, in the Christian world. I don't look like that. I don't talk like that. I'm not as educated. I'm not as this. I'm not as that. Yeah, maybe you're not. But what are you? He used a tent peg to deliver hundreds of thousands of people. I'm sure he can anoint you with what you have to do what he wants you to do. We move on. And I want to get to this point too. Verse 22 says this, And behold, as Barak pursued Sisera, J.L., our buddy, our ally behind enemy lines, came out to meet him and said to him, Come, I will show you the man whom you are seeking. And he entered with her and behold, Sisera was lying dead. With the tent peg in his head. <laughs> I want to point this out, as Barak pursued Sisera in verse 22, as Barak pursued Sisera, as Barak pursued Sisera, guess what? You know what that tells me right there? Barak had no idea that Sisera was already dead. God didn't tell him. J.L did. As we pursue whatever God is asking us to do or step into or this impossible thing that God is asking us to cling on to, as we pursue it, God is working where we do not see, where we don't expect, where we could not even plan for. I'm sure Heber and his wife, Jael, were probably well known to the Israelites because they were traitors, according to the text, basically traitors. I'm sure if you went up to Barak and said, what about Heber and his wife? Do you think they'd be like our buddies? They would have said, absolutely not. It was an unexpected deliverance behind enemy lines. God is working right now. And I want to breathe life into you with what I'm getting ready to say. He is working right now right this second. You've been praying for a year. You've been praying for five years. You've been staring at your body and it is deteriorating. You've been staring at your finances. You've been staring at the fact that you're single for so long. You've been staring at it. You've been staring at it and it has become your enemy because it's what you pray about every single Day of your life. Lord, where is it? What is it? It's impossible. I can't do it. I can't overcome. I can't overcome. I am telling you that just like Rahab was planted behind enemy lines in Jericho, God has an ally for you too. I'm telling you, this is a prophetic word for somebody. I'm telling you, just like you are facing an enemy that is insurmountable, there is a jail that is waiting for God's timing to deliver you from that thing. I'm telling you, just like there's a Rahab and Jael, someone knows that there is an Esther behind the enemy gates of the king's palace that is going before the king for you, interceding for you, saying no. You can't take this opportunity away from them. I am telling you right now, there is an ally behind your enemy lines that God has placed there for your deliverance. And you just need to wake up to the fact that he is working where you can't see and you've got to be okay with it. JL shocked Barack. Can you imagine his face when he walked into JL's tent and was like, yep, that's our dude with the tent peg.
1: Barack was so scared of those iron chairs. He didn't realize that the iron chariots and their maker should have been scared of him. God's doing something in your life. You're desperate, but he's not. You're frustrated, but he's not. There'll be a breakthrough. There'll be a breakthrough. There's a JL out there God is using. That'll shock you, but it'll be exactly what you need.
0: Verse 24 says, the hand of the sons of Israel pressed heavier and heavier upon Jabin, the king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, the king of Canaan. The enemy, guys, that created the chariot was actually the weapon that destroyed himself. I want to read this passage of Scripture to you because I just feel the Spirit of the Lord on this whole series, guys, this whole series. But definitely on this message. Do not fear, Isaiah 41 says, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are angered at you Will be shamed and dishonored. That's what happened to Canaan, guys. Those who contend with you will be as nothing and will perish. You will seek those, Barak, who quarrel with you, but you won't find them. Those who war with you, says Sarah, will be as nothing. And as non-existent for I am the Lord your God who upholds your right hand who says to you don't fear I'll help you don't fear you worm Jacob you men of Israel
1: I will help you declares Lord, we love you today. We just love you.
0: You are so good. God, I pray for that one that is desperate, Mm -hmm. facing something impossible. God, breathe life into them through this.
1: I have put an ally behind enemy lines. You, God, are our treasure. You are our hope. We trust that you're going to give us a JL. We trust, God, that you will be faithful. Your faithfulness, Lord, reaches to the sky. Encourage them, strengthen them, Lord, who need this message. In Jesus' name, I pray.
0: Amen. I'll be back right after the break.
3: Every day, a new day. Yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah.
1: Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah.
2: Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the Word of God. Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online, in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at @AutumnMiles Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts.
0: Hey guys, it's Autumn and I want to know, family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, we all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at Audemiles.com or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching Miles at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. you.
3: Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah.
1: Let's go, X-Y-Z-A, yeah.
0: Okay, well, I just got emotional about that. What a powerful word, you guys. I, I just could sense, just prophetically, I just, I don't know what you think about that word, but, but that's exactly what it is. I just, I, it's almost like I can see little JLs popping up in your situations. Oh gosh, I'm going to cry again. I almost feel like, oh gosh, your messenger. I hate it when I cry. Mike, our producer's like, I love it when you cry. I hate it when I cry. I, I just feel very strong that God's going to use this message. Prophetically, to tell you, it helps on the way. There's a J.L., there's a Rahab, there's a Nestor. All of them are behind enemy lines, you guys. Every single one of them. And that was a really good tie-in to my message. Thank you, Lord, for for your knowledge of, for your word and for the knowledge of it. Okay. Oh my goodness, get it together, Autumn. Get it together. Okay, we have a testimony from you guys. Guys, this is like an amazing testimony my nephew got married 2 days ago they say i'm in total shock because he walked out in front of a semi and apparently that's that's all she says but apparently he was hit by a semi god is so amazing he got married yesterday my prayers have been answered very short and sweet but wow her nephew walked out in front of a semi and 2 days ago he got married that is what god does It doesn't make sense to us. And then God puts our life right back together. So um, the question, and then we'll be done for today. You recently spoke about finding our supernatural gifts on your podcast. How can we find out what our gifts are? I loved this question when it came through. What an excellent question. If you're a believer, you have been given a spiritual gift. Period. Okay, there are lots, and you can just Google it. And I, am sorry, I should have done my research and looked, but um, I didn't look for a spiritual gift test. And you can actually take a test, kind of like like you know the Myers Briggs and you know those kind of tests, Enneagram, and you know all that. Uh, you can find a real, real simple, easy test online and free don't pay for it because you don't have to but most of the time you take a spiritual gift test and you're like yeah that is exactly what I am like if you're a servant or if you um you have the gift of mercy or you are a teacher or probably it's probably going to be right in line with what you already know that you are so just use it as confirmation But find a test, exhortation is another one, online, get online, take the test, and it will guide you. Now, I would love if you took that test and then, you know, ask a trusted friend about it or like a pastor about it or whatever, just to kind of confirm that spiritual gift. But if you're a believer, you have a spiritual gift, period. And it is needed in the body of Christ, okay? Definitely needed. I think, uh, you know, we get, we're, we're so, now nah, I know everyone's going to hate my guts for saying this, but that's okay. Cause I'm going to say it anyway. And we're kind of wrapped up in the Enneagram, which is, you know, a tool that you can use to learn about yourself, I guess, um, or these other personality tests or whatever. But the spiritual gift test is the test that you know where you're gifted. It's not a talent. You're given a gift to edify, build up the body of Christ. It is a necessary gift that God has given you in order to serve the body. Um, It's so funny. Yesterday I was in a car and I was, you know, I have a lot of outward gifts, but I was in a car and I was, I'm, you know, Pastoring, you guys, I told you about the prison ministry that they just named me the the women's pastor of at my church. And I'm with the the male pastor. Okay, his name is Pastor Stephen. And we're in the car with two guys and we're headed to <laughs> one of the prisons. And they are LP people, audio visual people. We're not those people. Everything they said I didn't understand. And we were laughing on the way there because I thought, wow, our gifts are very, very different but both of them are incredibly necessary. All four of our gifts are, although they're different, they're very necessary in order to edify and build up the body of Christ. So go take a test, find out what it is. It's really, really cool to see how you can serve and utilize that gift in your church. Get involved at your church with whatever place in your church needs that gift. And man, you will be so thrilled and so satisfied and so filled up. And it's it's just a beautiful thing. So anyway. Love you guys so much. I hope you love that message. I loved it. Love, love, love. Okay. I will see you guys next week. I do know what our next series is. You want me to announce it right now? We are going to talk about Holy. Holy is going to be the name of the next series. You're not going to want to miss it. Guys, I saw the visuals for this series, and I was emotional just seeing the word Holy. It's going to be good. You are not going to want to miss it. I'll see you guys next week. Love you so much. Have the best week ever. Bye-bye. Let's go.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available. From her books and past episodes to her video series, we've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today, and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.